bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nugget burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Greetings and welcome to this week's version of the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast with Guy and Dave in a warm and spring-like talkie today. Bit of a contrast to a week ago, yeah, wasn't we, it, when we were... Um... We only just made it home after last week's <laughs> podcast, didn't we? It's one of those, everybody looking at each other. Should we set off now? It was, <laughs> should, we, should we head for home now? Well, it, yes, the it, answer was yes. It was it tough was, getting to Peyton, so what it was like getting out onto the moor, oh, I can only imagine. Oh, we're, we're used to it out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep the revs down. But here we go. But if we thought we'd had a bad journey last Thursday, let's talk about Gary Hours and his journey on Tuesday, because it's newsworthy for all kinds of reasons. Isn't well, it? Uh, the story, uh, you know, our, our story on uh, the Devon Live site was was uh, well gratifyingly picked up by one or two other agencies, national agencies, mm-hmm. and of course, um, I'm sure most of our listeners will will know now that Gary Hours and Dave Hedges, the yeah. his head of recruitment, who does quite a lot of their scouting for them as well. Uh, um, were on the road for more than 11 hours on Tuesday to absolutely <laughs> no good no. Uh, um, at all. What a fruitless um, journey that was. Yeah, set out um, uh, in the morning to go up and see, to spy on, on Maidstone playing Macclesfield. Maidstone being leaders. Saturday's opponents, of course. Absolutely. Um, uh, they got there with some difficulty uh, about a quarter past seven, so that's half an hour before scheduled kickoff. Yeah. Um, quickly became apparent that um, uh, uh, things weren't quite as they mm. should be. Uh, Macclesfield's team and quite a few of their supporters. And home, home fans up. must have been there home as well. Home fans were there. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, uh, the problem was that the, the home team wasn't. Um, well, five of them were. Yeah. Uh, plus a couple of players, one injured, one suspended. Um, the rest were apparently stuck uh, uh, somewhere on the M25 near the Dartford Bridge, yeah, uh, where there'd been a multi-vehicle accident and nothing was moving at all. Uh, the kickoff was initially put put back, yeah, um, much uh, as we did with um, Maidenhead. Maidenhead, yeah, um, uh, but it quickly became apparent that the players didn't stand much chance no. of getting there. Uh, well, you, you then move into the territory of. Technically speaking, uh, if you can provide, if you can summon up seven players, yeah, that is the minimum required for starting a match. Um, that would be something, wouldn't it? Well, it would. But uh, has uh, anybody ever put that rule well, to the exactly, test? Uh, it yeah, takes some believing that, doesn't it? But um, uh, apparently, that that option wasn't on for one reason or another, um, and the game was uh, yeah. eventually abandoned. Um, One can only assume that Macclesfield must have approached on the M25 anti-clockwise. They must have done, because either that or they were through the the troublesome point, in other words, well in advance. Um, I mean, coming down from Macclesfield, you'd come down the M1, wouldn't you? So you would go that way. You would almost certainly, that's the quicker way than going round by Heathrow, isn't it? You you would probably go, but I can only assume, I haven't delved into that detail, um, that they were through yeah. the or, or over the Dartford Bridge, the Queen Elizabeth Bridge, um, before the incident. 
Well, it's extraordinary, isn't it? So the match is postponed. They don't forfeit the points or anything like that. Well, well, I think everybody's sort of waiting to see if the National League have anything to say yeah. about this at all. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Bill Williams, the, 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 he's a great old bloke, the, the, um, the, the, the chief executive. Is this the fellow who does the fixtures on the back of an envelope? No, no, it isn't. No, 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 no. no. Um, he's a wonderful old guy, filled almost every office at, mm. at Maidstone United. Um, you know, he just said he'd, he'd never encountered anything like it in 50 years in the game. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, you do have to, you know, in other words, this can't happen, this can't happen again, no. can it? And, and uh, I mean, Maidstone ins- insists that apparently all their players are, are usually at the ground. They, have, they, they are told to report for home games by about six o'clock, yep. so more than an hour and a half before kickoff. Presumably, everybody up there knows the potential for this sort of thing. But I suppose if on the M25, I mean, I lived up there for for a little while. Um, uh, if if you do, was the M25 there when you lived up there? Yes, it David? was. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sections of it certainly <laughs> were. Yeah. Um, yes, it, I think we probably called it the bypass I in those think days. You yeah. probably did. Um, but uh, no, the, the the you know you. When these things happen up there mm. at the wrong time yeah. of day and the wrong and you can't get off, you can't find no, no, an exit. You, yeah. you, we all we've all sat in these things from time to time, haven't we? Um, and you're you're kind of yeah. damned, really, aren't you? And it's and extraordinary, isn't it? Because we're talking about two bizarre stories in two weeks. Because we had that Truro postponement to quite, talk about last week, yeah, which, which, which ended up being one. postponed. Yeah, um, uh, and this one's very odd. And now this one has, has clicked in as well. Uh, but uh, you know, ours and and Dave Hedges uh, drove all the way up there uh, to to do it. They then they got a bit of stick in the local. Um, McDonald's apparently uh, from from some Maidstone fans yeah. who saw their talkie United thing and had a good laugh <laughs> at their expense. Um, uh, but over the course of the next thirty six hours, um, Gary Hours apparently picked up one parking ticket and possibly a speeding ticket as well. Yeah, so yeah. it's not been, been his week, has it? It hasn't been his week. Um, so he, he he said he saw a large flash go off behind him at one particular yeah. stage. Um, uh, uh, but there you go. As he said, he's he's in the school that says you need to go to these games and, and yeah. watch them. Um, he said it's all very well getting reports, and lots of them are good reports, etc., etc. But he likes to see, uh, uh, not, and you can watch videos, of course, replays and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But he said what you don't see is what is off camera you don't see, you don't see the happening. context do you? No. you don't get the flow of the game and, and what's it. going on behind the ball and in yeah. front of the ball you know how are defenders preparing for situations how 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 are attacking teams defenders where yeah. the, where do they go when their team's going forward all that kind of stuff so um, and it's another, yeah. it's another bit of a, if you like old school I know they hate this expression but it's like old school management isn't it you have to go and see these players see well, the teams it's funny I mean I, I did a I did a piece <coughs> in, in the Herald Express this week where, where looking back over sort of similar uh, um, one or two similar uh, memories that I have of scouting missions I certainly wasn't uh, with Frank O'Farrell when um, he went to Stourbridge one night in 1978 to, to watch uh, Stourbridge against Merthyr Tidville in the yeah. old, I, I think it was the conference, it might have been the Southern League actually, mm. but still never mind. 
uh, uh, Frank, uh, uh, who was the general manager of United at the time, Mike Green was the player manager, um, he, he went to watch two players. Uh, um, Gordon Davies was one of them, uh, yeah. who was playing for Merthyr Tydfil at the time, but he sat down in the grandstand and looked along the row of seats and his heart sank when he spotted uh, Fulham's chief scout there and suddenly thought, yeah. hmm, I, bet, I, I think everybody knew who he had come to watch because Gordon Davies was burying goals by the hatful he for, was for, some for player, wasn't he? and he yeah. went on to become yeah. an absolute top class striker so Frank realised that one of his targets had gone down the pan um, and uh, uh, once the game had started uh, his second target tried to get on the end of a cross for Stourbridge slid off the side of the pitch and demolished a breeze wall behind the goal <laughs> Uh, everybody assumed he'd probably killed himself and and knock and knock the wall down. Frank thought, well, that's the end of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the pile of bricks started moving just as the medics <laughs> got to him. And uh, <coughs> Steve Cooper stood up, shook his head, <laughs> looked at everybody as if to say, "What's the problem?" Yeah. Ran onto the pitch and carried on. And Frank, in his own words to me, many years later, he said, "I took one look, nodded, and said he'll do for us." <laughs> and didn't <laughs> and, he just? Uh, and didn't yeah. he just? And then, of course, on the other. Uh, uh, side of the coin I can remember uh, uh, sharing the driving with Mike Green probably a year later maybe even the same season um, he rang me one day at the Herald Express and, and it, we were a, an, e an evening paper in those days the, the, the very idea yeah the, the, uh, the, the, the much missed days and, yeah. and uh, he rang me mid-morning when the second edition I think was virtually out and said what are you doing this afternoon and I said well, I'll be around here, you know, if you need me. And he said, do you fancy sharing the driving? I'm, I'm going to Luton tonight. So I said, yeah, go on. And so we, we yeah. shared the drive up, drive up to Luton, which is a fair old trip. Um, sat back down, in those days. Back in yes. those days, sat down. And at half time, he stood up and said, right, we're off. And I yeah. said, well, hold on a minute. He's got the second half yet. And he said, no, I've seen enough. He'd gone to watch a specific player. Yeah, hadn't liked the look of him. So we had a cup of tea and a bun, got in the car and drove all the way home again. But the whole point was... Mike Green, and in these, you know, what we've just been talking about, Gary Hours, he needed to, to yeah. see that for himself. To make his own mind up. Make his own mind yeah. up. And that was a, a cross next to that trip, and just yeah. as much as the Cooper one for O'Farrell had been a tick. And, and there would and probably have been another trip later the same week to, to very far, knows yeah, where. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, quite. And, and that's the territory for Torquay managers, yeah. uh, um, and has been all, all the way down through the years. And you either rely on scouting reports and other people's um, uh, or you say no you do take those of course you do you, yeah. you, you have to get those and, and they're very valuable but um, certainly when it comes to signing of players and yeah. recruitment um, you know I, th I think uh, seeing is believing isn't it it is indeed now on to the, on the matters of moment really for Talker United Maidstone on Saturday away It'll be two and a half weeks since Torquay last kicked a ball in anger. Which was Southern United's stoppage time winner at, it was. Uh, at Plainmore. So, and when Torquay next play at home on March the 24th, they won't have played a home game since February the 20th. I mean, no. these are long, long periods. That, that's right. It's a month, isn't it? But we'll yeah. come on a little bit later on to the run of away games that we've got coming up. Because you have a theory about the home form at the moment playing more being it, we, I, there's no kind way of putting this David have we become a pushover at playing more um, well on the evidence of, of, of this season um, the home form is 1-3 uh, 
Yeah. Drawn five, lost ten at Plainmore. That's dreadful. Uh, Eighteen home yeah. games. Now, I, I, I don't think they're a pushover at Plainmore, but uh, the, the, there have been some very bad days when they have been pushed over. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they've been a pushover all the time. But the problem, but you know, th- this home form is is has become a, a real, real worry. And this is on a ground where United um, have always felt that no matter how bad things yeah. have got or could get, at least we could rely on winning, you know, a, a, a fair few home games and usually enough to get us out of trouble. But do you, um, do you think? And I think this is what you said earlier that. Visiting teams enjoy the Plainmore experience more than Torquay do. I think moment. that's a perfectly good argument to put forward. I, I, I think Plainmore has become uh, um, a great place for visiting teams. Mm. It's and it is, and uh, you you can understand why. Um, it's you. It's a. It's been a terrific surface over the yeah. last few years. It's a lovely ground, uh, an atmospheric ground that the, the fans get behind the team. But I think. Visiting teams, uh, certainly at this national league level, um, you know, where let's face it, most of them are on fairly modest grounds uh, uh, in small crowds, yeah. crowds sometimes numbering hundreds rather than thousands. Uh, and I think travelling to places like Torquay, uh, Wrexham, Prenton Park, Tranmere, yeah. why wouldn't you want to go and play football? That's a mighty ground, isn't it, Prenton at, Park? At those places. But I think Plainmore is sort of like halfway between Prenton Park with sort of towering stands. I mean, yeah. the, place, the place must hold 20,000 mm. still, probably. Wrexham getting on for it. Um, uh, Plainmore, not quite on, on that scale, but, but, you know, great facilities, immaculate, everything spot on. Uh, you contrast that with playing at somewhere like Braintree, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, you are, that's at the other end of the scale, and that isn't a nice place to go and play football. Mm. Um, uh, and, uh, but it's something that United, and of course, it's the new stand, Bristow's bench has, yeah. has contributed to this. But I think it's an easy, I mean, one of our readers wrote a letter in this week calling Bristow's bench a white elephant, and I can understand in a way why he feels that way. Yeah. But I think it's A, it's wrong, and B, it's quite harsh anyway. What's his, um, what's his thinking behind that? Well, that you've got this enormous great stand there, yeah. um, which is, unfortunately, in recent years, hasn't been full too often. Um, and, you, you know, I think, you know, the point he was making is that there's been all this investment gone in off the pitch. Yeah. And maybe not enough actually on the, mm. on the pitch. But it's, it's slightly harsh. Uh, and I know the reader involved. He's a very good supporter and, and passionate about the club. Uh, the old stand had effectively been condemned it it had to come down yes it did Uh, uh, and what do you do do you stick something another little modest hut up well how would that have gone down with everybody I don't think we heard too many people complaining when the designs came out and the stand was being built I think everybody knows it's one of the you know it's it's, it's a very good stand I've always had issues with the fact that um, there is no accommodation uh, in front of the stand, uh, uh, in other words, yeah. uh, behind the fence and below the seats, just like there used to be. In other words, like an old enclosure. There should be a paddock down uh, there. I would have thought there, yeah. so, yeah. yeah. And why the safety people can't, mm. you know, uh, uh, evolve a system where uh, which allows that to happen is a total mystery, but then, you know, isn't all of that stuff. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, but I, th- I think you can you can talk about these things until you're blue in the face. The fact is that... United ought to be much better at home than they yeah, have been. Yeah. Uh, and that comes down to what happens on the pitch, not off it. 
um, the, the, the Plainmore crowd is not a supercritical crowd. Uh, they're, 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 the, the numbers have still held up despite yeah. everything. They've only got to have a couple of corners and, a, and, a, and, and, and some decent attacks. The crowd gets solidly behind yeah. them. Nobody's even sought to say that, oh dear, it's difficult to play in front of this crowd. Come on, if, if, if you find it difficult to yeah. play at Plainmore, then you probably should think of doing something else. But I mean, does that not? I mean, does that not transfer out onto the pitch? I, mean, I don't know. Never having played the game, it, I don't know to what level the crowd buzz transfers onto the pitch. If things are going badly on the pitch, can the crowd really lift the players? I think so. I think yeah. that, that, that the crowd of uh, the players have always had that ability to be lifted by a crowd. Um, uh, I've got some mates who are great fans of. of of, of Crystal Palace and I think everybody over the last few yeah. years have reckoned that Palace have got one of the best sets of supporters in the Premier League uh, and from what I understand the Palace crowd is never noisier mm. than just when they've conceded a goal yeah uh, uh, trying to pick them up trying to, trying yeah. to pick them up again um, and on the whole you know on a much we're talking about a much lower level than this obviously uh, with the Playmore crowd as long as they see and let's face it the Torquay crowd are no different probably than most crowds uh, I think it's been developed over the years because they've had so little to cheer about. Yeah. Uh, uh, and as long as they see effort and and commitment and and the right stuff out there, they don't expect to see Barcelona. Um, but what they do want to see is people putting themselves about. Yeah. And of course, and there's a reason why Luke Young has won successive Player of the Year trophies. It's not just because he's the best player in the team. It's because palpably out on the pitch every 90 minutes he runs around like his life depends yeah. on it yeah. and and so you can talk about these things you know it usually comes down to fairly simple issues and and i don't think united have have given enough uh, um of the right stuff at Playmore this no. season to win enough games that's what it that's what it basically comes down to uh, they've had uh, um, those long and frustrating periods which we've seen over the last three or three seasons where they've been on top of teams and attacking and dominating uh, uh, territorially in possession and have hardly made the yeah. goalkeeper make, make yeah. a save. Now, you know, that, that's, then it comes down to strikers. Have they spent enough money on strikers? Have they signed the right forwards? Well, all the evidence is, is maybe not at the moment. But, uh, I mean, it's an interesting, isn't it, that, that Elliot Remains come into the team in the yeah. last few over the last month or so, the crowd have immediately taken to Elliot Remain. Yeah. You know, now, is it because he's uh, um, messy? No, it isn't. He's got some talent and he's got some ability, which we've all seen. But the guy never stops running. His commitment it's, is massive, ex isn't Exactly. Yeah. Now, now uh, and, and along uh, to a lower uh, point, uh, you get someone like Rory Keating... Yeah. You know, obviously he's he's not quite as good a player as Elliot Remain, or not so far. Although Remain is a good deal more experienced than him, yeah. and that's probably yeah. the secret to it. But most of the fans don't get on at Rory Keating. No, because he gives everything. <laughs> doesn't he, he gives absolutely yeah. everything. Yeah. There's no cause that's lost. No, nope. uh, and and United have got to develop more of this attitude. Mm. You know, uh, and um, quickly, and, uh, and 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 quickly. Now away from home. They, they got stuck in big time at Maidenhead mm -hmm. back in some time. It almost feels like it's gone another season now. It does, but, uh, it? Yeah. It's been such a long um, gap. They got stuck in big time there, very committed, good performance in horrible conditions and 1-2-1. One, one. Um, uh, now, they've got three away games coming up now. Yeah. Now, it's not an option to lose these away games. No. It's not well, an option. The strange thing is we were sitting here thinking 
in our most optimistic days a few weeks back, oh. we were thinking we might actually be sitting here after three home games, seven or nine points even. We might be out of the relegation zone Absolutely. going into what is now a very tough period. Quite. Now, we've lost two and, yeah. and one's been about or postponed because of the snow. Yeah. So we're no, in fact, we're slightly worse off than we were before. Well, we're, yeah, we're, we're slightly worse off than we were, obviously, after Maidenhead. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, and, and I think even the players would, would, would say that the Dagenham defeat still remains one of the great head-shaking oh, so it's a results mystery. and performances. You know, baffling you, performance. Yeah, you, you come home from Maidenhead away yeah. and you play a Dagenham team in a mess, having, having to sell many of their best players. By the way, there's more panic stations there. Two more possible investors have been pulled yeah. out there. They're worried about getting through to the end of the season, but still, that's out of our control. Um, and you play like that. Mm. Uh, uh, it's just... It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And and the fact was that in the end, United did not put Dagenham under the kind of right stuff pressure that we've been talking didn't about. Put them under any pressure? No, was, not, it, especially it, second half. No, it was uh, terrible. They, 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 they were they were they were outplayed, out yeah. fought, out everything. Now that is ridiculous. You can't have you can't have that. If United had gone down one nil at home to mm. Dagenham, and they'd had. Five, four or five booked, um, you know, hit the bar two yeah. or three times. Uh, you know, corners. Yeah. Right, you'd go, well, rubbish, not good enough, but, but at least they, yeah. you know, it's now. But so, but anyway. That's gone. That's gone. So the next three games three are games. Saturday, we're at Maidstone. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. Tuesday, we're at Leighton Orient. Yeah. That's the game that's been postponed. Rearranged, yeah. And next Saturday, we're at Solihull Moors, yeah. which is massive. Local obviously. derby. Like, yes, yeah, it's, it's almost <laughs> a local derby, isn't it? It's just the, it's the M5 derby. Yeah. But, I mean, these three games, this is a nightmare scenario. We should be coming into these three games with some points under our belt from the last three games. Yeah, the and last two. Yeah, no, we're, and we're not. And and this game against Maidstone this Saturday is, is in, particularly in view of Maidstone's form at the moment, yeah. 17 games without a win. They've gone from the top six to well, they could get comfortably close. Yes. Well, I yeah. think they are. Yeah. In. I think they have been dragged in. Um, now, uh, uh, there's as usual. There's some interesting uh, uh, fixtures for other teams. Mm -hmm. At least the midweek games that were played this week, by the way, uh, um, did United a few more favours. If that's a the, way the, of looking, the results at it. would Chester be nine, lost, weren't they? Last you know, week, etc. Um, you've got a weekend coming up here. Halifax are away at Woking. Solihull away at Sutton. Uh, you've got Barrow are away at Macclesfield. Um, who else have we got? And Guiseley away at Bromley. Uh, now, of course, the teams in the bottom four are of less importance, really, than the teams just the outside just it, because they, yeah. they're the ones that United have got to chase. But basically, uh, if United were, you know, they are, they are in a position where they are 10 points adrift with 11 games to go. Now, you can't rewrite no. those maths and Sean um, McGinty said um, the interview that you did this week he said we cannot lose at Maidstone no we, the, the United cannot afford to lose at Maidstone no. on Saturday uh, uh, un, unless absolutely everything else goes goes for them and even then the fact is you're, you're, you're it's another game gone yeah. and before we know where we are by the time United come home and play Guiseley, um, you know we'll be into single figures of games yeah. left and yeah. games will simply run out yeah. so and you can't, you cannot expect. Uh, United have got eleven games left. They've only won six matches all season. Yeah. 
they've probably got to win another six out of the last yes. eleven to have a, re- a, re- a real a reasonable hope and of pick up a couple up. of draws and at pick least. up a couple of draws. Yeah. So you're talking straight away. We can only afford to lose probably three games yeah. tops between now and the end of the season. So the, I, I haven't done the maths this time. I, I did do it a few weeks ago. Worked out the earliest date that I thought everything could go wrong. But these three away games, if we come back with nothing from these three away games... Oh, I think, I think uh, the die will be cast then. Uh, I, I yeah. can't see any way that United would, would be in a position to stay up if they lose the next three matches. It would just leave them simply with too much to do. So this could be the biggest week in the club's history. Oh, we well, may have used that phrase once or twice before, but that's right, we this, have. this could actually be it. Yeah, it? Um, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously we've been doing our best to, to, to look ahead over the last few weeks to, to what might happen if United yeah. get relegated uh, and all the signs are reasonably positive but the fact is you know Torquay United in the Conference South it's uh, um, a a dreadful prospect isn't it I mean if it happens we'll have to get our heads around it but um, the fact is that if United take no points from these next three matches and the point is let's face it Leighton Orient next Tuesday ain't going to be you know that that looks pretty tough. That's a tough. They're always um, tough. To they be are there, tough. Late Norwich yeah. went and lost again at, Gay, at Gateshead yeah. in the trophy this week. So we all know they're not great, and we all know that everybody in this division is beatable anyway. Yeah. That that that's not the problem. It, it's it's just it's just the whole. Gary Hour said a few weeks ago, and it was a quote that sort of sort of flew away quite quickly because they can do. Uh, but but he he mentioned this importance of. You, at some stage, United have got to put a run of results together. Yeah. Now, I don't call one draw and two wins a run. It, was, right. the, it was the start. It of was a the run. start yeah. of a run, but it but it was followed by two dreadful yeah. home defeats. Yeah. Uh, and United, at some stage, have got to put a run together of four or five win yeah. stroke draws that's what you call a run not, not 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 three and united haven't threatened to do it all season i just hope we don't end up looking back on that awful dagenham and redbridge game as being the pivotal moment when everything just stopped well i i, I you think back to that afternoon and and walking away afterwards and i've never seen so many people shaking their heads no. and and it was just like people couldn't believe what they'd seen you know and and you and and i'm I'm, I'm sure other teams down the years have suffered these things. I remember towards the end of last season, uh, York City were in trouble. Yeah. And, of course, we, as we all know, they eventually went down to the Conference North. And we were in the final few weeks of the season and looking at the fixtures. And I can remember Bromley were, had literally slipped out of any contention for anything. They were in the middle of mid-table and yeah. they had a Tuesday night game at York. And York had picked up. Yeah, they 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 were showing signs of life, and you looked at that game, and you would have had your mortgage on York, yeah, winning or at least not losing that match. Bromley went up to um, uh, Bootham Crescent, yeah. and I think they won two nil. And you went, how on earth has that happened? And that was their pivotal and that, game, and that was yeah. one of their pivotal yeah. games. And and the Dagenham defeat. Especially when you think the build-up to it all. Yeah. Um, but everything uh, was positive in that build-up, apart from the Elliot apart Remain Apart from Elliot Remain not, not being available. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, as That, sh- that said, shouldn't have contributed to no. such an abject performance no, as that. No, that's right. And, and it was almost as if enough Torquay players still were at Maidenhead the previous week. Yeah. You know, i.e., oh, a few pats on the back there. And, and it's this ability to... 
transfer what you do on the training ground, all the, le- all the instructions you've been given, all the things that you know you should be doing, out onto the pitch at yeah. 3 o'clock and just doing it and carrying on doing it. And, and uh, United, too many times this season, uh, uh, I think we all know deep down they're probably, well, the table says they are one of the four worst teams mm-hmm. in the division, but we've all seen evidence at many occasions this season where you think, hang on a minute, are we one of the worst teams in this yeah. league? Yeah. But the facts and figures say we, we are. are. Um, uh, and and there's got to be a reason for it. Indeed. Now there is one more home game to uh, to fit in. Obviously the filed game, which was off because uh, Torbay was uh, snowed in last weekend, along with quite a lot of other places. Yeah. Do we have any idea when that might be played? Uh, not not specifically yet. Um, it looks like it's going to be on April the tenth. Now mm-hmm. uh, United had offered March the twentieth, uh, uh, and filed were reluctant to accept that date because they had one player in the England C squad and one on the standby list. Now, okay. I think that's a little bit, well, you know. But then I mean, that might, I mean, it, but if, anyway. if, let's hope that if a run does materialise and we can slot a home, another home game on yeah. a Tuesday night into that run. Into April. Yeah. The whole point being is that, and here we go, this is the top priority, and Gary Owls was saying it quite rightly this week, our top priority is not necessarily to transform our situation over the next three away games that 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 almost certainly isn't going to happen it's to stay in with a chance yeah for absolutely as long as possible you you know you you hang in there until you get to a yeah. point where you can possibly still save yourself and if the filed game is on april the 10th and that looks the likeliest date now it would mean that three out of united's last four matches would be at home now that brings it's, us back to the a double-edged sword now we isn't were it, talking really? about yeah. at home but i think we would all rather have that <laughs> yeah. than three out of the last four away uh, and of course the last game of the season is at home yeah. at home to absolutely um but that seems a long way away at the moment doesn't it, does. it? and, and it does. i mean I, if if, in other words, if we if we go into the Ebbsfleet match on the last day of the season, still with a chance of staying up, I think I'd take that now. Yeah, I'd be happy, <laughs> uh, happy to be United there for that situation one. as we stand. They are nine points adrift, specifically of the last safety spot, but you have to call it ten because their goal difference is. And the teams uh, up there, so a couple much of teams inferior. up there still got games in hand as well. Uh, they? Yes, they've mostly been used up now, actually. Yeah. So, so that has become less of an issue. But um, um, United, have, it's it's. Stop talking and doing it time, yeah, isn't it? Indeed. Okay, we did see even without a game this week, we did still have much to discuss, and we'll pull the t shirt on later on as well. I but see the uh, a couple of interesting little player moves recently. Yes. Uh, Lee Hughes, fondly remembered yes. by the Playmore Faithful. Topside, uh, uh, lovely Hughes, don't they? <laughs> many, many years. Uh, has just moved to his 516th club. No, that's a bit Where's of a he gone there? He's just, just signed for, for Hales Owen at the age of 41. Um, having been player manager of Worcester City for a little while, I bet that was an interesting few interesting team talks there. Um, and uh, um, Jenison Mari Williams, who, who's yeah. been at Playmore for most of the season, was released recently. Uh, he's now at Hereford United Is in he? the yeah. uh, in uh, the Southern Premier, of course. And th- that that's of interest to United fans. Not only um, should United, and let's you know keep hoping it doesn't happen, end up in the Conference South next season. Uh, Hereford do look like winning the Southern League yeah. Premier. Um, uh, uh, so uh, uh, is that's, all, that's almost the only light at well, the end of the tunnel, uh, uh, isn't it? Is, the is, fact that we'll at least we'll be, uh, have a couple of games. It. But Jenison Murray Williams is, is, yeah. is currently playing, um, obviously well known to United fans. Oh, good for him. Um, yeah. uh, 
playing for, for Hereford. Uh, and of course our, our thoughts at the moment, a lot, the thoughts of a lot of United fans uh, and many other people who don't know him nearly as well as we do, uh, are going out to Damon Lathrop at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. Terrible leg break yeah. in a game against Boreham Woods. Yes, and don't watch the don't watch the footage. Wasn't planning to. No, don't, no don't blame attached to either. Is no, it? no. The, 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 even the, the, the working manager um, Anthony Limbrick came out very quickly afterwards yeah. and, and apportioned no blame to Danny Woodard, who unfortunately was a former Exeter City yeah. player uh, for the challenge. Uh, but it's a very, it's a bad, bad break. It's and done damage to various all, all arteries sorts, and yes. nerves and whatever. It's, right. it's, so. Damon's career is over. It's a career ending. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, he's been told that he, you know, he should seriously consider retirement, and, yeah. he, and he duly has done. And, and um, uh, uh, that's a huge blow. A lad of what, twenty-eight years old, yeah. or something like yeah. that. Family, um, um, baby on the way. Yeah, Family absolutely. As well. Yes, uh, um, uh, and, and you know, this is a guy who's played. I mean, the fact that he happens to have played more than one hundred and fifty games for United is secondary. But he's been a big part of United yeah. over the two spells he spent here. My goodness, it seems a long time since he, when he first signed under Paul Buckle, who was his, his uncle, uncle yeah. <laughs> uh, signed him uh, from Norwich City. Um, it seemed like an age ago, doesn't it? And he was in the team that lost um, to Stevenage in the playoff final. Two successive playoff seasons mm-hmm. under Buckle and then Martin Ling. Um, and then he had a couple of years in between at, at, at Aldershot as well. But, um, uh, but very respected yeah. uh, player in the dressing room. Uh, and out on the pitch, and and he he sought he 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 tried to get and succeeded in getting a move, m- much more for family reasons, so he could be closer to his wife. He, he comes from Stevenage, and that's yeah. where most of his family lives. Um, uh, and he needed to be closer to her and, and yeah. to deal with some issues there. Um, got his move to to Woking in January. And what weeks later? This, fourth this, game. This is apparently happening. just so. his fourth game. But there is a crowdfunding site. The Woking fans have set up a crowdfunding page online, uh, which has raised more than five thousand pounds. I just checked so it far. before we came in oh, here. Well done. Yep. Um, so that's done really well. I will put the link to that crowdfunding page uh, into the text that goes with this podcast. If you and want to have a look. In at addition that. to that, United have have announced that there will be uh, a stadium-wide whether it's a bucket collection or not, yeah. but there will be there will be a collection at the Easter Monday game at home too of all clubs Woking, yeah, um, uh, to contribute to that fund, and I'm sure United fans will. That will go. Uh, he's will he's one of our own, them. isn't he? Really? Yes, he is, and 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 it, it's it's just a, these things unfortunately happen happen in the game from time to time, uh, and there's no way of. Getting your head around them, no. uh, they, they, it's very sad. And, and but he, he Damon is uh, uh, he's always been a bit of a thinker about the game. He, he's uh, uh, made of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and fingers crossed, if he does get into coaching, which I'm sure he will do, um, he, you know, good luck to him in that career. Job, and there's all the indications are that he, that he, that he would make a good one. We come to any other business, and I, I've brought. A cutting from the BBC. A cutting. I brought a printout from the BBC. A cutting. I do apologise. Yeah, we do Um, give ourselves away at regular intervals, don't we? From the BBC website today, um, which is a story which will warm the cockles of your heart. It's a story of a Premier League footballer who is in touch with the fans. Pardon? It's a fellow called Andrew Robertson, who plays for Liverpool. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Good young player. And I'm going to read this pretty much as it is from the BBC website, because um, it's such a good story. Scotland and Liverpool defender Andrew Robertson thanked a young Anfield fan who donated his pocket money to a local food bank by sending him a signed shirt, but not his own, because, quotes, no one wants the left-back shirt. Instead, the 23-year-old sent him a shirt signed by forward Roberto Firmino instead. This lad called Alfie Radford, um, who had... Uh, what happened, I'll cut a long story short, Andrew Robertson's 21st birthday, he posted something on Twitter saying, look, don't give me loads of stuff for my 21st birthday, I don't need it, give some money to your local food bank instead. Ah, right. So this young lad, this young um, Alfie Radford, who is seven years old, gave some money to the local food bank and hey, told everybody that he'd done it. Yeah. Andrew Robertson wrote him a letter, it's a lovely letter, the letter in full is on the website, um, saying, hey, I remember being your age, just how important pocket money is and how there's hundreds of things you could have bought for yourself. It's amazing that you gave it up for the food bank. But the best bit is that he got Firmino to sign the shirt yes. because nobody wants the left back shirt. And <laughs> Liam, modest. Liam Davis, I'm sorry, but that's probably true, isn't it? <laughs> well, uh, um, that's a great you, story. You though, do. Isn't it? It, it, it's, there's, there's enough indications. Yeah, uh, uh, that we see week in week out that, that that's quite a lot of Premier League players and let's face it it's not their fault they're earning shed loads of money right. we would take it if it was thrown in our direction um, but when you read about the uh, apparent splits in the Arsenal dressing room because some players are angry with others who are earning more money than them it, it's kind of like well beware what you wish for isn't it yeah uh, um, indeed uh, but, uh, so and, we are, and we are talking about players on more money than, uh, than most of us can even dream of. Absolutely. So, um, but no, well done. Yeah, chapeau Andrew to Andrew Robertson. Then. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we shall watch Liverpool in a whole new light. Um, so, we've taken up plenty of your time today, considering it's a week without a match. So, uh, we're sitting here basking in the sunshine. If you're making the trip up to Maidstone on Saturday, Lake Orient on Tuesday, Solihull Moors the following Saturday. Drive I, think, safely. I think the Solihull Moors. <coughs> if United can. If, Come on, come on. Get if United can get th you know, a couple of results, maybe say four points from these next two games, yeah. uh, they'll be mob-handed at, at Solihull on, uh, on Saturday week. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how many they take to Maidstone this Saturday. Everybody's yeah. a bit low at the moment, desperate for a result. But in these circumstances, Torquay fans nearly always respond. Uh, and of course, it's quite near to London, so, yeah. so that speaks for itself. Um, uh, at least with an uh, artificial pitch there should be no issues and let's hope that both teams turn up yeah, uh, on Saturday as Gary Owes was saying so for the we'll be there yeah, we'll <laughs> and be I'm there. sure Maidstone will be as well indeed so thanks for your time and we finish as ever with Come On You Yellows <laughs>